Welcome in, Adam Monster Tiger. Catching up with another forever buff on the podcast today. I'll be chatting with Rick Gamboa, who racked up 388 tackles during his college career at CU between 2015 and 2018, ranking sixth all-time on the Buffalo's tackle list behind some legends, Barry Remington, Matt Russell, Greg Beekert, Ted Johnson, Jordan Dyson, some, some, some elite company there with Rick Gamboa at the top of that tackles leaderboard. Rick, thanks for joining me today. I know you're still involved in football as a linebackers coach at Chaminade. Uh, how is life treating you these days? Uh, it's treating me good. Back home in Southern California, enjoying being back home with family and uh, enjoying the weather out here. Awesome. You've always kind of had a passion for coaching, right? I, I think if I remember right, even when you were in high school, you were doing some some coaching. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, my younger brother, he was barely getting to Pop Warner. So uh, I would spend sometimes in the summer just going out, helping helping out his team a little bit. Nice. Did you jump right back into coaching there at Chaminade High School once you got back home? Uh, yeah, uh, I came back home and I first just went, went out just to go see how the team's looking. And the, my, my old head coach had uh, offered me the job at the time. They didn't have a linebacker coach, so he had offered me the job. And uh, I had uh, a younger cousin on the team, so I, I decided, yeah, and been doing it for the past three years. Is that something you you think you might continue to do, or is that something you just kind of enjoy doing on the side? Uh, I'm thinking of continuing to do it. For me, uh, I, re- I really enjoy it. It lets me stay around the game. You know, I played football for almost like 18 years, so for me, it just allows me to help out some of the younger kids, especially at my uh, my old high school. Awesome. So, was football always kind of the primary sport for you growing up? Yeah, that was the first sport I got put into when I was a kid. My mom, she put me into it probably when I was five, six years old. And then from there, kind of me playing different sports kind of stemmed from there, whether it was basketball or running track when I was younger. Did you play any other sports in football other than linebacker growing up? I played a little bit of running back and like fullback when I was uh, younger. Did that help you at all? Having a little bit of experience on offense as a linebacker, just kind of knowing what those guys are, are thinking or trying to do? A little bit. I would say like running back and linebacker are very similar in the the vision and kind of holes you're looking for. So it definitely helped me uh, growing up as like playing both positions and knowing like where to where to like follow people and things like that. I mentioned at the top that you had 388 tackles during your college career at CU. You had even more tackles than that in high school, 442 in three years as a starter at Chaminade, and, and you guys went 37-7 and seven as a team, finished second in the state rankings as a senior in 2013. How would you compare the role you had at Chaminade as a high schooler as compared to what we saw during your time in Boulder? Very similar. Now thinking about it, I was always, at least when I was in Boulder, I was always the guy who had to get the play call from the, or in high school, I had to get the play call from the sideline and communicate with everybody, and then from there, I kind of just went out and played and like was able to read my keys pretty well. I would say I blitzed a little more in high school. Uh, I think I it was a little easier to make it through through gaps and everything. In college, it was very similar, I guess. You know, getting the calls, making checks for kind of communicating with everybody. So I would say that was that was real similar for me. Was that leadership role in terms of kind of being the quarterback of the defense something that came pretty natural to you, or, or did you have to work at that? I wouldn't say it came natural to me, but 
it was a role I was uh, put into at a young age because of my playing Pop Warner. My dad was always uh, my coach. So he always put me in a leadership role on every team I, I, I played on. So for me, like growing up in that role, of, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, playing linebacker, that was kind of one thing that I, I guess just playing linebacker and my dad pushing me, that was kind of came a little natural to me. What are your favorite memories when you think back to those high school days playing, playing football at Chaminade? Ooh, winning the state title my senior year. Uh, I, I remember my old coach, he would always, we'd always have goals before every season. And one goal he always had for each, uh, each senior class was to win your last game. And being there the, for four years and the three previous years, you kind of seen losing that last game for the seniors and kind of seeing how like tough it was for them to, to deal with that. I guess for my senior year, being able to win that last game was probably one of the, one of the biggest memories for me. I'd, I'd imagine you guys got a ring for that. Do you, do you have a, a special place for that nowadays? I wouldn't say I have a special place for it, uh, but uh, I do have one. For, uh, it sits with next to my uh, my 2016 one from Colorado. So those two uh, and those two rings sit next to on my desk. Nice. Uh, I know you had a bunch of Power 5 programs involved in your recruitment the spring of your junior year. You were a top 100 ranked prospect in California, but if memory serves, CU was kind of the, the main power five program to really make a strong push for you, right? Yeah, they were, uh, they were the first school to offer me, uh, my, about the spring, of my junior year. So to me, that was a big deal. Like, uh, I played with a lot of, uh, guys who had different, couple different offers. Uh, and I, I hadn't got one yet. I'd been talking to a lot of different schools and, they kept giving me just wait, wait a little bit, wait a little bit, and see made the offer, and it kind of put me at ease. And then I went out there for the junior day that year, and that was my first time being out there because I'd I'd been other other um, Pac-12 schools uh, like in Arizona, Cal- Southern California, things like that. So being out there was uh, it was different for me. It was way different than than growing up in in Los Angeles my whole life. So. That was just from being there. That was kind of one thing that the environment out there really stood out for me. When CU initially offered you, what what was your first thought? Did you know much about Colorado? Uh, I didn't really know much about Colorado. Like I knew they were in the Big Twelve before, and I do remember them playing like in uh, the Big Twelve title game a couple of years, like when I was a, uh, a kid against Texas a couple times. But outside of that, I didn't really know too much about them. I didn't even know anything about the city of Boulder. So I, I had a, heard a lot of good things about Boulder from different teachers and different coaches who had been there. And they said it's a great place. So that was one thing they were, I really wanted to go out to see it for myself. You mentioned the environment was one of the factors in you picking Colorado. What, what do you remember about the recruiting process in terms of the, the coaches that were talking to you and kind of how they got you on board as a commit? Uh, well, the coach that recruited me was uh, Gary Bernardi. He was texting me or uh, I would talk to him all the time. He came out to my campus multiple times whenever they would recruit. And I remember talking to him, building a good relationship with him especially because he had been around like Southern California. He was one of the people who really like, you're really going to enjoy Colorado. It's a, it's a real nice place out there. And for me, I just wanted to experience something new, uh, something different for me. I kind of wanted to get away from 
Southern California, especially growing up here for like my first 18 years of my life. So getting away from here was a uh, another big, I guess, big thing for me. Do you remember the moment when it kind of clicked for you when you felt like you you were ready to commit to Colorado? It was in like July. I want to say July of before my senior year. Uh, I had been talking to a few other schools, but none of them were offering. And I was already up in Colorado for junior day. And I was scheduling my when I was going to go for the official. And I was I kind of wanted to enjoy my senior year. I didn't want to have to deal with the stress of what school I wanted to go to. I wanted to focus on on my senior year and playing well and helping my team win. So I didn't want to have any outside distractions. So when I was comfortable enough and talking to my parents about it, I felt comfortable enough with committing to Colorado. So you commit to Colorado, and, and as you mentioned, you had achieved your goal as a senior there at Chaminade. You get on campus and see you in 2014 in a red shirting. What do you remember about that first fall, just kind of getting acclimated to life in Boulder? What, what was that adjustment like for you? I would say a little tough at first. I think it's tough for every freshman the first time they experience fall camp. It's a lot different now than what it was my uh my freshman year, I remember we had two days and then we still have walk through after at night. So those long days, long practices, um, definitely tough. I wasn't going in there expecting to play right away as a freshman. I kind of wanted to experience like kind of in, in the transition of high school to college. And I, for me, uh, redshirting, I saw it as a, I guess it's an advantage of you practice pretty much every day against a starting Pac-12 offense. So for me, building that confidence up during my redshirt year, I think really helped me because I was going against a starting Pac-12 line every day and not, not just on Saturdays. Pretty much Monday through Friday, I was had to go go against guys like Daniel Munyer, Philip Lindsay, Christian Powell, um, Sean Irwin. So George Frazier. So I feel like that really, that experience early on in my freshman year, I think really helped me, uh, especially in the spring of my freshman year. In the following year, in 2015, you started 11 games, were named the team's most outstanding freshman. The 96 tackles you had that season set the school record by a redshirt freshman, which broke the previous mark by Matt Russell set in 1993. How much confidence did you gain from that season and, and having the individual success that you had? I gained a lot, but I think uh, more of the confidence came from in the in spring ball that year. I remember I started spring ball like on the third, fourth team and Jim Levy had just got there. So I, I remember after like the second practice, he moved me up with the ones and twos. And from there, like he kind of gave me some confidence. I remember talking to him and him kind of saying like you, I don't know why you're, why we had you down there. You have great vision, great feel for the game. And so I think that confidence he gave me really helped me in the fall, as well as the guys around me. They didn't put too much pressure on me. They guys like Kenneth and Cheeto, they kind of helped me. You don't got to do nothing crazy. Just, just do your job. Don't expect to make every single play, just make, make the plays we need you to. And I feel like having those guys around me really helped me. I had Tim Lanat on the podcast recently, and we had fun looking back on the 2016 season. You mentioned that you still have that 2016 
division championship ring in a prominent place. I'm curious, when did you realize that group had what it took to put together a special season? I want to say middle of fall camp. That's when usually the ones are going at it pretty much every day and we're scrimmage against each other. And I think defensively, uh, when we look kind of looked around, like we, there was a lot of guys who, who were seniors. So we knew we had a lot of veterans of guys who would, had played and even the younger guys, it wasn't like there were, I think the only younger guys on that defense at the time were, I want to say myself and Isaiah Oliver and all the older guys, they had been through, through the fire of the, the losing seasons from before. And I think all that experience and all that trust that we all had for each other, I think defensively, I, we felt like we were going to play very well. And then offense offensively, I think it was just, the what kind of rhythm they would get, whether it was running the ball or passing the ball. I think we had uh, weapons everywhere, and but I think the big key was the old line in the games. I think the offensive played well. The old line was able to make a push running the ball, and they were to like, give Sefo time passing it. So I think when the offense kind of put all those pieces together, I felt like we were going to have a good year. Yeah, you mentioned Cheeto in, in Kenneth and. You know, there was Jimmy Gilbert on that defense, Akella Witherspoon, Tedrick Thompson, obviously a, just a loaded defense in terms of talent. Was there a, you know, a confidence, a swagger that you guys kind of built where uh, you, you kind of felt like you were up for pretty much any challenge any team could throw your way? Yeah, I don't think there was a guy on that field at any point in that season who ever felt nervous or, I guess you could say, scared about any offense we played. It didn't matter who they had. I think we all went into each and every game knowing that we can shut down any team we played. Didn't matter where, like what kind of scheme it was, whether they wanted to run the ball in a heavy package or they wanted to spread us out and throw the ball. I think we, we were all confident in each other and our abilities as a defense. We, I thought we communicated well. We were all pretty close, especially off the field. I think that really helped us. Not any, I guess, groups that really separate themselves uh, off the field. I think we all hung out together off the field. And I think those bonds definitely flourished when we got on the field. You started all 14 games during that 10 win season. And then in the regular season finale, when you guys clinched the division against Utah, you had a forced fumble that, that Ola Bodie recovery turned for a touchdown, sealing the victory. What do you remember about that play that, that moment? I remember, uh, I believe there was like a TV timeout or something right before that. And I remember walking on the field with Kenneth, like when we were jogging on, I started counting the the yard markers, like 5, 10, 15. And I remember telling Kenneth, I, I think I could score from here if we got an interception or something. I, I can score from here. And we both kind of laughed about it. And so when the play happened and the fumble and he got it, I mean, we, we were both laughing about it, especially because early on in the year, he helped me get a interception for for a touchdown early on in the year. So... He, he made up for uh, a play that happened, I believe, the year before against CSU. So I, when that happened, uh, I remember we laughed about it when we, when we got to the sideline. And uh, I remember telling him, like, he owes me another one. Uh, but the fact that, that was, like, such a big play in that game, I think that was – that's for me, that was one of, the, one of the biggest memories for me, I remember, of playing at CU. That's awesome. What's your favorite memory from that whole 2016 season? Was that was it that play, or was there a different moments that kind of stands out when you think back to that season? 
I would say outside of that game, I would say it was a, a interception that uh, Cedric Thompson had it against Oregon State. It wasn't like a big play. It, like it happened later in the game. I think we were already winning by a good amount, but I it was one of those things where I think in the, the past couple of games, he had dropped a couple of interceptions and I had dropped a couple of tip passes to where that week, I remember whenever we weren't doing anything at practice, that we were just throwing the ball at each other, making sure like, all right, that's because I remember he dropped a kind of a crucial one again in the Oregon game the week before. So I remember that week where we kept throwing the ball at each other saying like this week or any time we get the ball in the next game, we're, we're going to catch it. So the fact that both of us were able to get interceptions in that game, that's probably one of my favorite memories outside of the Utah game. You mentioned Jim Levitt earlier. Most CU fans have kind of mixed feelings about him. Obviously, he helped elevate your defense that season, but then took off and left for Oregon after the season. He was not only your coordinator in 2016, but also your position coach. What was it like playing for Jim Levitt? Was his style different than other coaches you had at CU? I would say style-wise, he was just uh, he was very ecstatic. So there was never a... I guess a quiet or like slow moment, especially in meetings. Uh, I remember there'd be times where he would yell or like, he'd say, say some random stuff. that kind of guy guys like out of their seats or uh, he just, he was always a very energetic. Uh, he, he always made sure of making sure that if he was going to do his job, he was going to do it well. And he was going to bring the energy to help, help lift up the energy in the room. So pretty much every, every meeting, we knew uh, it was going to be it was going to be interesting uh, whether it was him already six, seven, seven in the morning with his Pepsi in hand or uh, uh, a random story. He would always start fall camp with or pretty much him getting getting us ready for for the game Friday nights at the hotel. How many of those Pepsis was he throwing back every day? He should have had some type of endorsement with Pepsi. Was he just constantly drinking Pepsi when he was around you guys? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember a time where there, if he didn't have a Pepsi in hand, there was somebody bringing him a Pepsi <laughs> or he, he had just finished one. Um, I remember one of the first, that's the first spring he was there in a meeting. He had a, he had a, cup of ice and orange juice almost done in a cup and he he just put it he mixed the pepsi in it because he he had got a warm pepsi and he, there was ice in the cup so he had just mixed in we, we were all just we were all amazed about what, what like what he did and like he was fine with it because he needed his pepsi so i think from there <laughs> i think from there we all got all got used to him drinking his pepsi <laughs> you didn't as, enjoy as much team success in 2017 and 2018 when you were an upperclassman at CU, but uh, you were the team's defensive player of the year in 2017, recorded 117 tackles. And then you won the Buffalo Heart Award and also the Eddie Crowder Award for Outstanding Leadership as a senior in 2018. Are there some games, some moments that stood out when you think back on those seasons in 2017 and 2018? Uh, well, 2018, beating Nebraska at Nebraska, that's probably uh my second favorite environment that I played in throughout my time at CU. I just remember that game being on the bus, the bus ride to the stadium, looking out the window. I don't think I've ever seen it before where every single car that was going in that's our same direction was uh, full of red. 
and it looked like everybody was going to the game. They drove by us, getting to the stadium, seeing all the red, just walking out on the field, just seeing like how much, how many people were there and how loud it was. And then the way the game went, uh, we started off hot early, going up 14-0, them coming back, then it kind of going back and forth from there. And then us winning, winning the game at the end. Uh, and just hearing that crowd going going silent at the end of the game, that's probably one of the my favorite memories, I guess, from those two seasons. Winning the Buffalo Heart Award, what, what did that mean? Yeah, obviously, there, there's a lot of awards you can get from teammates and players in the media, but to actually have something come from the fans that, to, to recognize you, what, what did that mean? Uh, it meant a lot for me. Seeing the guys before me win it, uh, like Cepho, Spruce, Phil, seeing those guys and kind of knowing what that that award means. I get to the people of Colorado and the fans. Uh, for me, kind of, even though we didn't have success my last two years, it allowed me to know, like, I did something there. I, I still have this the big frame they gave us after the game uh, here at my house. So it's one of, one of those things I always see and look at. And it kind of brings uh, – always brings back memories just, just being at Colorado and the, my time there and the guys I played with. Starting 49 consecutive games at CU, did you have to battle through some injuries? What was there, were there times when you were out there and, and having to kind of battle through something? Uh, a few times, but for me, I, to be able to do that, it took a lot of work during the week, dealing with injuries here and there, uh, but making sure I did everything from Sunday to Friday night to make sure that I was able to play come Saturday. If I if I wasn't able to play, I wasn't going to sacrifice the team just so I can keep on playing or continue, uh, I guess, starting every each and every game. So I made sure from Sunday to Friday that I did what I had to do to, to make sure I was ready to play. What does the average CU fan or average college football fan not understand or realize about what it's like to be a, a starting linebacker at the at the Pac-12 level? It is definitely not as easy as I guess probably some people might think it is. You might not have to run with the fastest guys on the field every play like a corner would or like a safety, and then you might not have to hit uh, old lineman each and every play like an outside linebacker or a D lineman, but you got to do a mix of both. So there's times where you got to stick your nose in there and take on a 330-pound lineman in the hole and get off a block just to make a tackle. But at the same time, you've got to run up, run up the field with the running back on a pass and you're running for your life to make sure he doesn't run by you. Then you, there's times where you got to cover a six, four, six, five tight end. He might not be the fastest, but he's, he's, he's real big. And so that's another issue. And then at the same time, you got to communicate with everybody. Uh, I don't think there's times where, I don't think there was ever a play where I didn't have to communicate with I probably like every level uh, of the defense. I, I'll say the the only people I really didn't communicate that much were the corners. Majority of the time they were in man coverage, so there wasn't much communication for me there. But uh, I do remember I had to talk to make sure the D line were were ready to go. Uh, I had to get the checks from the safeties and just kind of making making sure everybody was ready. And it's tough in the Pac-12 with how fast offenses go and and the tempo that they play with. So being able to do all that communication, all that thinking in a matter of like 15 to 20 seconds 
it's it, it gets kind of tough during your time at CU. Uh, you you could talk to any of your teammates, any of your coaches, and they would praise your work ethic, your study habits, your football IQ. It really seemed like you kind of maximized what you could do. And then you you sometimes see guys that just come in and in their physical specimens, but they don't have that work ethic. Did you ever wonder, you know, what your football career would look like if you were one of those, you know, four six guys at linebacker? Oh man, I I, I feel like the just having uh, that speed of, I feel like the game would have been even slower for me just because of I was able to diagnose things so fast, but uh, at the same time I had to move as fast as it. So there would be times it would make it tough, but to run like that and I, you could take, you can be even more patient and just kind of let the game, let the play develop and not be so in a hurry. And just being able to be that fast. uh, I think there, there would have been a a lot more plays. I think I would have been able to make whether I, I was either a step or two away from, from making a play rather than getting two or three yards to, a tackle, a tackle for loss. As you kind of reflect on your college career, three and a half years after graduating, what what does it mean to you to be a buff? What what really kind of stands out when you see that Buffalo Heart Award frame, and you kind of think back to your time and, and what it meant uh, for you as you kind of went into the real world after after CU. Mm, I guess your commitment and desire to something. I think those two things really can push you far. I think if you're committed to something and really puts your all into it, that things will work out for you, no matter how hard it is or how small it is. I think if you're committed and really want to do something, that you can do it. Uh, And I think I learned a lot of that just being at Colorado. I feel like being committed to CU and wanting to help bring that school back to what what, what it used to be definitely pushed me every day there, especially in the summers through a lot of those grueling summer workouts with Drew Wilson, knowing what I was there for and knowing like, no matter how hard those days get, that there's always, you're always doing it for something. So I think that that's really helped me a lot, uh, a lot outside of football of just knowing that how hard some days can get, that there's always a reason behind everything. So as long as you keep your mind on that reason and that purpose, I think that commitment level really, really does show, uh, I guess, how bad you want to do something. When Nate Lambic came in, did you realize pretty early on that he had pretty special talent? He definitely stood out from the rest of the linebackers in his class. And he, he was, for his size at the time, he definitely wasn't afraid of anybody. Do you remember there was times where in practice or in the locker room, he never really let anybody kind of like push him around or anything. He always stood up to stood up to everybody. So I knew he from there, I knew he wasn't afraid. And you'd always see signs of it, of him either hitting somebody real hard in the hole, whether it was a lineman or the running back or just him burst into the ball that, you know, once he put it all together, he was going to he was going to be real special. Are there some current buffs that, that you enjoy watching nowadays? From the team right now, I mean, I hated practicing against him. Uh, and I, I really do hope he plays well this year as uh, Alex Fonsano. Practicing against him, 
in the uh, what is it? My last my last two years there was definitely tough, especially when they would tell tell us we got to wrap up the running back, and he's jump cutting and running from sideline to sideline, and you having to chase him throughout the, the entire practice. That was definitely tough. And then kind of just seeing him being the success he had a couple of years ago and his injury he had to deal with last year. So I, I'm excited to see what he does this year. We talked a little bit about you coaching guys at Chaminade now. Are there some guys, some recruits in the pipeline there that we should be keeping an eye on? Uh, there is, I believe right now there's two guys. They have uh, offers from Colorado. One, he's going to be a senior linebacker. Um, his name's Isaiah Chisholm. He's a uh, he transferred in right before the season last year, so uh, it's it was a uh, I didn't get too much work with him before the season, but how well he played and and just how well he dealt with that transition from going to one school in such a short amount of time, and just the improvement he's made this spring and winter from last season is is outstanding and. I think people are starting to take notice because when you look at the kid, he looks like a division one linebacker. Uh, he's about six, one, six, two, two twenty-five. Um, he run, he's, he runs very well. He probably runs like a four, six, four, five. Um, and just how strong he is strong and how strong he is in the weight room. Uh, and just, I think the growth he'll make from his junior year to this year, uh, is big because he he didn't have that uh, as previous school he didn't play much linebacker so he's a little raw at it but his athleticism has definitely helped him helped him a lot last year but just being with him I know uh, it means his work ethic is 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 one of the I I guess best I think I've seen around uh, from a high school kid. Aside from coaching, what what are you up to these days? Pretty much coaching, and then uh, as right now, I'm helping my uh, my dad with uh, middle school sports academy. Okay, it, it's a uh, it's called DNA Academy out here, and it's like a a middle school for kids who want to specialize in sports. So uh, they still get the same education as they would at any any or any middle school. There's a uh, campus and everything. But instead of, I guess, a normal PE class the kids would take at, at middle school, uh, the last hour and a half of their school is kind of them more sports specific with actual sports trainers, depending on the sport they play, whether it's basketball, baseball, soccer, football. And the school is just about to open up this August. So I've been helping my dad uh, get started with that because it's been a it's been an online thing for the past couple of years, but now they finally have an uh, actual campus. So I've been helping my dad with help my dad with that. Very cool. Are there any teammates from your time at CU that, that you keep in touch with these days? Uh, yeah. Uh, I keep in touch with uh, a lot of the linebackers from that 2016 team. We still have a group chat that we all always text each other in like Addison, Kale, uh, Ryan Severson, Travis, I still talk to Tim Coleman and Nick Fisher all the time. Those were two of my roommates uh, throughout my time in Colorado. I talked to Cheeto now and then, uh, Jason Sanchez, Devin Ross, Bryce Bobo, a lot of the guys. Uh, it's tough just because everybody's in different places now, different times. Everybody has different schedules. But just keeping in contact with everybody now and then 
definitely helps, especially because throughout those like three, four years, you're you got so used to seeing seeing and talking to those guys every day. And then as soon as their time's done there, then it kind of you don't you don't talk to each other as much anymore. So I think just keeping those relationships where those guys definitely uh definitely helps. Have you been able to make it back to Boulder at all since you graduated? Uh, I've been up there a couple times, whether it was in the winter or the spring, visiting Tim and Nick or Nate. I was up there for the Nebraska game the year after my senior year. So being okay. being there for that game, uh, that's actually been the only game I've actually been able to catch. Uh, so being at that game was actually real cool, knowing that the that we beat Nebraska the two times. And yeah. kind of seeing seeing that environment of the uh, playing over there and playing here that was that was pretty cool. What are your favorite stops in Boulder when you come back and you go out to eat, or what do you like to do when you return to town? Whenever I go to Boulder, I would say the Boss Lady and Cosmos. Everybody goes up to the sink uh, when they go to Boulder, so just different places like that. Uh, I don't do nothing too crazy. It's a lot of most of the time. It's just going up there to see see friends and old teammates. Awesome. Well, Rick, uh, it really felt like you left it all out there on the field during your time at CU. Always respected, uh, again, the work ethic you you put into things at CU. It's been great uh, catching up with you. I really appreciate you for taking time out here. We're recording this on Memorial Day. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. A lot of fun. And thanks to all of you for tuning in.